0: I'm Cynthia Farrell, owner and principal of 110 West Group. I work with leaders to ensure they have the organizational talent and culture they need to achieve legendary business results and establish a positive leadership legacy. I'm passionate about developing what I refer to as legacy leaders, those who lead with a balance and blend of strategy, authenticity, pragmatism, and compassion. In most of the episodes of this podcast, I'll share conversations I've had with leaders who have found that balance, who have made and will continue to make an incredible impact on the companies they work for and the colleagues, employees, and customers they work with. They are true legacy leaders. In some episodes, I'll dive into a concept around legacy leadership and share my thinking, experience, and stories. I am a storyteller after all, and a legacy leader in my own right. If you know of a fantastic leader that I should speak to, or a legacy leadership concept you'd like to hear more about, please head to the Contact Me page on my website, 110westgroup.com, and drop me a note. That's 110westgroup.com. Welcome to This Is How We Lead Conversations with Legacy Leaders. This episode continues the Leading in Crisis series of this podcast, where I'm talking to legacy leaders about how they're leading their teams in our current reality. That reality is leading during a pandemic, something probably none of us have experience with. For more information on this series, I recommend listening to the first episode of this podcast if you haven't already. On today's episode of This Is How We Lead, I am speaking with Grace, who's a sales leader in a logistics organization. Grace, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Let's start by asking you how you're doing today.
1: I am doing pretty well. Um, We're working on a lot of really cool tech aspects of the company that are following through timeline-wise really well. Found a few things that we could fix, which other people might find annoying, but I, I really enjoy. So yeah, a really interesting day, a good horizon. So I'm excited.
0: You know, one of the things I'd asked you in advance to think about that I'd love to have you share a bit about is about how the logistics industry is doing right now in the light of COVID. You know, I know logistics is a leading indicator for the economy, right? And would love to just hear what you guys are seeing. So
1: the industry as a whole uh, is very cyclical to begin with and it's not just in volume but it's in rates, it's in carrier um, supply and demand. So the industry is very used to this kind of up and down flow, what they're not used to is the unknown factor of you know how this is going to affect warehouses how different companies are going to bring their employees back and things of that nature but what's really cool is i feel like our industry actually saw this happening probably 2 to 3 weeks prior to others which is really great uh, it's data driven now so we can start to plan a little bit earlier and because of that and because we're able to change our business where we can and, and focus on different items, we've been able to actually weather the storm pretty well. Now, if there are shipping companies um, or carriers or truck drivers that focus on like one or two items, they are probably in trouble. And especially depending on what type of industry that they're in, clearly manufacturing or events like trade shows, if you do trade show setups and things of that nature, are, are going to take some time to come back. If you have the ability to pivot as a company, especially if you've planned your company to pivot in times like this, you probably are, are seeing the end of the issues in the last couple of weeks. And you're probably seeing your volume pick up a little bit more. But if you've been GM focused, auto focused, things of that nature, it's probably going to be a couple of weeks, if not a couple of months until you are back to the same volume
0: That's such interesting insight. I think that this situation over the past couple of months, it's one, really brought to light for people who maybe aren't familiar with the logistics industry, the importance of the logistics industry, Yes, right? And then secondly, it's just this domino effect with our supply chain, right? If one part goes down, man, that just has some consequences that nobody thinks about necessarily when they're just sitting there eating their chicken or, you know, buying their toilet paper. And so it's really been, I think, eye-opening for many people to understand this incredible systems impact and, and the importance that logistics plays in that, right? Yeah. And you know what's funny is I've been explaining
1: it to people when they see like shelves empty or toilet paper not there it's not really that there's a issue with supplying that it's kind of like the Popeye's chicken issue. Like they, they didn't bring out more chicken because they knew that you guys weren't going to continue to eat a ton of chicken every single day. And it's the same thing with the toilet paper companies and and, uh, companies of that nature they're not going to go open a whole new warehouse, staff a whole new warehouse, double their volume knowing it's going to completely die off in a couple of months. So that's why it's very important that when these things happen that you do buy what you need now because our supply chains aren't ready for that like quick burst of
0: energy. It's going to it's going to be really interesting to see the innovation that ends up coming out of the industry. Before.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: So tell me a little bit about how your team is doing. You mentioned you lead a team of salespeople, and we've talked before. You said they're earlier in their career, right? So haven't necessarily gone through anything. Not that any of us have gone through something like this before, but something of a pretty significant nature. How is your team doing through all of this?
1: They've been very positive this whole time because we've been very transparent with them. Down to everyone, get off the phones. We're going to literally show you what we need to run this business. What could possibly happen if our customers don't pay us in the same terms? How far we can push that out without assistance? Because I think a lot of times in these situations, it's not about can they pay their bills right now? It's can they pay their bills 90 days from now when no one's paid them this whole time? cash flow is one of the most important pieces of running a business and i think it's one of the lessons that entry level employees literally have no idea about so if you can help explain how cash flow works in a business and how lines of credit work and things of that nature your employees will trust you when you have to make hard decisions in times like this we've definitely prepared them and like i said it was actually probably a week to two weeks Prior till this really hit, and we had all these shutdowns. I think they're grateful for it. When I say like they're positive, I think it's almost like they feel like they were protected more by their employer because they understand when they see companies starting to fail, what steps they didn't take to make sure that that didn't happen.
0: Well, and what's interesting about that, like you mentioned, you know, employees who are earlier in their career don't necessarily have that education about the cash flow and the P; l right and so in a way this is becoming a little bit of a development opportunity for them and I would think as well that being that transparent sharing with them what you're looking at what you're doing how you're approaching it it also then gives them a f- more of a sense of ownership in the organization and in how you perform and whether or not you succeed
1: yes yep.
0: Now, how are you working with your team to help them balance any needs that they have for the personal pieces of this that are cropping up in life, along with the need to be productive and get work done?
1: You know what? I think because we've opened up that transparency in every other aspect of our business, our employees have been very honest throughout this whole thing. But we definitely have a few employees that came to us and were like, hey, I have diabetes or I'm taking care of my mother right now who is sick and things of that nature. And we, if ever someone has issues in the office, uh, there's been situations where, you know, we've helped with funerals and even things of that nature. We are very supportive, not in these times. So we've been very supportive clearly now. And we will probably start bringing people back, I think like two weeks from now when the shutdown ends, a couple weeks. And the thing is, is that You know, there are already people that we're working with and and making sure, hey, if you don't feel comfortable yet, let's let's hold off. So, yeah, again, I think when you create that transparency and culture, you almost don't have to worry about those things because they'll they'll definitely bring it to your attention and they'll do it respectively.
0: Are there any other specific actions that you've been taking to lead your team at this time? I'd say the biggest ones is
1: just clearly like pushing. If you're in here, PPE. Like I said, we have a few executive staff in here. So if they're, if we see someone come in, nope, Like we need you to stay home. If anyone needs help, groceries, things of that nature, we've been able to help them out. But honestly, I think the biggest thing is, especially in the first couple of weeks of this, they themselves, us as an entity, as a company, have been really appreciative to drivers. So I think like, they're grateful for being able to work in this industry, but not like physically in the truck. And because of that, they've they've been able to create empathy for them a little bit more. There was a couple of weeks ago where I was uh, sent them all an article, and it was I think it was a video actually from like the Today Show, and they did a, a segment on truck drivers. And literally, hey guys, shoot an email to a truck driver that you uh, worked with today and just tell them thank you, because there's literally nothing better than an unsolicited thank you. So I know that that in that moment, any driver that looked down at their phone or, or looked at their computer sitting at a truck stop alone in their cab because they can't go out and eating the worst food because it's all that they can grab, that that could just alone bring a smile to their face. I think, if anything, we've been Kind of uh, not putting ourselves first in the situation and making sure that that side of that feels needed and appreciated.
0: That is such a fantac- fantastic action to take because you're right, it's such an underappreciated, unappreciated role, yet so critical. And by extending that gratitude, you know, like you said, it's not going to solve the problem of figuring out where you're going to eat or go to the bathroom or anything like that, but it can really, I think, help other people understand that, you know, the the value of what they're doing. And obviously we've seen, you know, there's so much gratitude for healthcare workers and, you know, first responders, as there should be. And there's these unsung heroes who are driving your toilet paper across the country, right? And you know, it's tough for them. And I think what you're doing with your team is, and they're going to remember that, Grace. They're going to remember that they did that and how that made them feel. Yeah, for sure. So what's been the most challenging thing for you as a leader during this time and how have you worked through that?
1: The unknown, for sure. I'm a control freak. And that's really what's gotten me to this point, to be honest with you. And I think what's frustrating is that we work through the whole. We work throughout the full United States. Um, we do honestly even international, um, specifically probably more than North North America, and it's frustrating because we we've always set goals for our growth, and there's finally something that's in our way that's completely uncontrollable. And then on top of that, you know, gas and oil, the same thing there. Um, and clearly, if oil's down. So when I go to the gas station, I see it's lower. I get very upset because my revenue goes down too. I'm the only person that gets upset by that, but it it makes me laugh. So there's just so many like odd uncontrollables and being able to just like calm ourselves down and understand that like we have to work in this environment of unknown is I think the most challenging because for the past seven, eight years, we've been so full throttle that this is the first time that we literally had to like stop. Um, It was kind of, it was emotional that first day we had to send everyone home. I legitimately cried on the floor because when we started this company, it was just like, when I started, it was three of us. And then to have to tell a whole floor of sales reps that like, they need to go home and I don't know when I'll see you again. It's just such an eerie feeling and then seeing everyone leave and it, it throws, it throws you off. So I think, There was a couple weeks there where we just all felt just at a loss. And now we're starting to pick back up and get back to our growth and our our direction and the strategy, really, that we've been focused on this last year. I think that's the biggest thing. And I'm huge on Smile Through It. So at the end of the day, uh, as as a staff, an executive staff, we make sure that they don't... They don't see that, and they and that they know that we're strong through it. And again, a transparency uh, makes them feel more comfortable. And yeah, that's kind of where we
0: stand right now with all that. I think coming out of this, that people will have a stronger sense of resilience and dealing with ambiguity. Which very few people will say that they love ambiguity, right? (laughs) We are living ambiguity on such a daily basis. I actually posted an article, shared an article from Harvard Business Review a couple of weeks ago on LinkedIn about building your resilience. It's something that I've done over my career, and I think about how if I were going through this 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, man, I would be in such a much different mental space than I am right now. Not to say that my mental space has been great every day over the past few months. It hasn't been. But that resilience muscle is something that you can build, and I think we'll see people coming out of this with a stronger sense of resilience that will bode well for them in the future, definitely so what's something that you've learned about yourself as a leader as you've gone through this? The
1: biggest thing for me, I think is the ability to the ability to uh, regain focus on the growth honestly is the big thing, like I said, it's weird right you're in this like space where' like. Oh, do we like keep going hard? Do we keep over investing? How does that work? I found a nice middle ground where I'm able to figure out how to leverage, but also keep cost down without that investment or diving deeper into the ROI of different initiatives that I'm working on because now I need to 100% prove that the ROI is there compared to it should work if these things happen. And there's a lot of things honestly, in my role is strategy that I know has been cut and that cannot happen in the timeline that I had hoped for. And like I said, I'm a control freak. So I think I've been able to see this in a better outlook and been able to really prioritize what's needed and what's not and what small things we can do inside our office that can lead to the same output as some of these advancements that I wanted to make. Again, it's just that weird feeling of of going from one day, let's figure out how much we need to invest in this certain area to cut all those things, cut a few more actually, and then let me know when when you think that we should go back and invest. So uh, being realistic and and really being able to say to myself, like, I know you want that, but do you need that right now? And then also working on trying to figure out when is the proper time that the wants come back into play. for me, it's uh, being able to relay that even to our other employees has been something that's been difficult because for you know months, they, they hear me talking about great things that we're doing. And again, that's why you want to be transparent about how your business works and how everything flows. Because as sales reps, they just assume like they get a commission check that your company made a lot of money, right? So... It's No, not at all how this works. I think for them, it's explaining, hey, timelines are changing. This is why. Here's the steps that we have to take in the meantime. And let's just all power through this thing and get through it together. Pulling back on, on projects is definitely hard for me, but clearly necessary at this time.
0: And something you said in there that I caught that I think is really important, too, is you said, maybe we can still do these things, but we have to do them a different way. Exactly, Mm yeah. And that ability to pivot and not be latched on to, well, this is how we said we're going to do it. This is what we're going to do. And if we're not going to do it this way, then we can't do it. That ability to pivot is a leadership skill that not everyone has, right? We get very attached to our own objectives and our own priorities, but being able to see, yeah, there might be, maybe I do have to let that go, right? Or maybe I have to let that go right now, or maybe... I can look at doing that a different way. That's a great insight to have coming out of this that, you know, you carry forward into the future as well. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So last question for you, Grace, what's one piece of advice that you'd give to other leaders as they continue to navigate through this crisis?
1: 100% be open to your employees about your balance sheet and things of that nature, as much as you possibly can. One, I think it's alarming how many employees have no idea how any of that works. Two, I think when you do that, especially if if you're running your business correctly, they'll see that you're not just a money-hungry company who wants to hold everything. You kind of expose yourself in a more financial way. You earn so much respect through it. I would definitely just be open with employees about that. And we've always done that. A lot of times when we make teams and things of that nature, we'll show them, like, this is how much it costs for us to run this team. This is how much, you know, your salary. And we show them all of those little things so that they understand we really are trying to make sure they make more money than we do. Doing that just allows for them to really trust you better. So it is something that can be scary and I can totally understand why some employers would not want to do it, but I think it actually pays off in a lot more benefits than you might think.
0: And you're right. That is a unique perspective that I don't know that a lot of companies feel comfortable doing, yet there is value in it in building trust in building understanding of the business and building, like we talked about before, that sense of ownership as well. Yes. Well, Grace, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. It's been great talking to you. Good luck to you and your team moving forward. Thank you. Appreciate it. That wraps up this episode of This Is How We Lead, conversations with legacy leaders. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn about the work I do with organizations and leaders to achieve legendary business results and establish a positive leadership legacy, please head to my website at 110westgroup.com. That's 110westgroup.com. And if you know of a fantastic legacy leader who I should have on this podcast, use the Contact Me page of my website and drop me a note. Thank you again, and be well.